Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Welcome once again to Footsteps with Impact Prayercasts, the prayercasts from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries. This is Sam Kawesra again speaking to you. And today we are going to speak about does God still really speak to us? And when he does speak to you, do you listen and how do you hear and how do you know it's him? And so today we're going to see some examples from the Old Testament about how God really spoke. And then also in the New Testament and at the very end, I am going to give you a testimony of what has just happened to me. And it's about God speaking to me. And my mind was going back and forth, not knowing what to do. But eventually, I had to uh, pay attention to the voice of God and obey the voice of God. So now, what I'm going to do is to show you some examples in the Old Testament to show that God's methodology is the same today as it was in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and we are New Testament people. But in our generation, for some reason, we do not think that God still speaks to us because we are so dependent on fellow man to hear from God. And yes, God does speak through people and uh, he can use people, but you know, we cannot totally just depend on other people when God speaks to us. But because many times he's speaking to us when there's nobody else, but because we haven't been taught on how to listen to God, or we don't even know how to listen to God. But if you remember in the Old Testament, when Eli was t- uh, was um, training Samuel, Samuel was with him in the temple and they were sleeping and God spoke to Samuel. He called Samuel. He called him out and said, Samuel, Samuel. But Samuel was a young boy. He'd never seen uh, or heard anything about God speaking to him audibly. And in this case, God spoke audibly to Samuel and he went twice to Eli. And then Eli told him that next time when he does, just say, here, I am Lord. And so when God called out again to Samuel, Samuel said, just like Eli, his trainer told him, "Uh, here, I am Lord. And then God spoke to him. Now, 
It doesn't happen like that with so many of us today, especially that now we do have the Word of God and there are different ways God speaks to us. Now, we could have never known that we would have all the different gadgets, all the music, all the uh, players of every kind. So there's so much noise pollution right now. But indeed, God still speaks to us. In His wisdom, God has the Word of God prepared for us to teach us on how to listen uh to him or hear him or know how to listen to him if we do read the word of God. And so we have the written word of God, which Samuel, in that sense, didn't have as much as we do. But now we do. And so if you stay in the word, you're going to see very many examples of how God still speaks to us. And he uses the same methods as he used before. But for our generation, many times he speaks differently than he spoke for Samuel. So you don't hear too many people telling you that, you know, they had the audible voice of God. However, God still speaks. There is a good example in the word of God where he gives us the methodology he uses to speak to uh, people. And it's found in the book of Job. Remember when Job was having these debates with his friends and they were telling him this, he was telling them the other. And in one of these discussions, one of his friends, Elihu, gives us kind of the methodology that God uses. So in this scripture, we will see that God uh, speaks to us in visions, in dreams, uh, in spirit whispers, and in his word. So this is in Job uh, 33, 14 through 18, when Elihu Um, Elihu uh, spoke back to Job and he told him this, and I quote, For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them uh, turn from uh, doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over uh, the river of death. See, he's giving his friend this advice that, you know, God speaks to us. He warns us. He tells us what's coming next. And so do not blame God for not speaking because he really does. You're just not paying attention. That's what his friend is telling him. You know, when God speaks... To me, I say, when God speaks to me, I drop the routine. I wait on him. It is a, a, It could be in a dream. Sometimes I get these dreams and I write them down. I have a book that I've been writing dreams in since 2000 and, uh, I think, six. And in that book, I was amazed after, you know, I would get a dream and then I would just wake up immediately and I'll start writing, 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 and I put a date to it and then close the book. And, you know, because when you wake up in the morning, you may not remember what the dream was. And so I kept writing these things down. And I was amazed at some uh, some of those dreams coming to pass years later. And when I showed people what I wrote before I even explained to them or before the uh, when they saw a situation happening, they saw the date there. I could not have gone backwards and put the date in. They could just see and they were amazed at how everything would come almost to the T. So God still speaks to us today. We just have to train ourselves as Samuel was trained by Eli. But today we are not willing. We are so impatient and we have so many. Like right now, you know what I do? I use the notes program on my iPhone and Macs. And with that program, when I get an idea or something or when God speaks to me, when I know it's the Spirit of God or really just anything that I do want to remember, I just pull it up and type it in and then I know I won't forget it. And this program is so awesome. It just, you know, puts everything in chronological order 
order by date or by um, if I want, you know, by alphabetically. But whatever it does, it is such an awesome program that I use and it's handy. It's on my phone. It's when I write it on my phone, when I go home, it's already transferred by iCloud to my um, uh, Macs uh, and so or iPad. And so for us, we really don't have as much excuse as say Eli and Job had. But nevertheless, to go to the issue, his friend told him that God still speaks to us and he speaks to us in these ways. So now we in this day and age really should be even more attentive to the voice of God because we have all these aids that we can use to help us. Now, I'll give you an example also in the Bible again. In this case, it was Elisha. One of the things that we have to understand is that when you say that God spoke to me and he really did speak to you, there are going to be these naysayers. Be ready to listen to people who will say, oh, it couldn't be this or that, or they will sidetrack you, they will laugh at you. But if you are convinced in your spirit that this is God, you better do what God says. So I'll give you the example. Elisha waited to hear from God for what to do with the Shunammite woman's problem. You know, the Nesea in this case was his associate. This is a guy who was working with him in this work uh, ministry, but yet for him he was a naysayer. And not necessarily that he was a bad guy or the people around you are not necessarily bad people. It just so happens that a lot of people don't really believe that God still speaks. And in this case, there was this story of a Shunammite woman. Remember, this is the same woman Elisha had prayed for her. And actually, there was no prayer, come to think about it. He just commanded a situation. He just said that at this time next year, you will have a child. And this woman was barren and had no child. And now, time had passed and this child had grown. And now, the child was dead. So, as Elisha was you know, on his way to uh, wherever he was going... This woman knew his path. This is the same woman who asked the husband to build a room for this prophet so that as he goes by, he would use their home as a place of rest. Now, that's when uh, Elisha said, you know, hey, we better do something for this woman because she's been good to us. And uh, Elisha commanded a situation where she would get a baby. In other words, he came against that spirit of barrenness by a command. Then the child dies. So the woman is here saying, wait a minute, I didn't ask for this child. Now I have sorrow of a dead child. So as she was approaching them, Elisha saw her and told Gehazi that, hey, this Shunammite woman is coming. Something is bothering her. And um, God hasn't revealed to me what it is. So this is a story in uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. And it goes, As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband or your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. 
Gehazi began to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. There are some things in here which will cause you to pray with impact after you see here. So, for example, let us look at this. Gehazi went to the woman first. And when he got to her, he said, Is everything fine? She told him, Yes. You know why? Because she knew that this man is a naysayer. Somehow in her spirit, she knew he's a naysayer. He's just going to discourage me. If I tell him now that my son is dead, guess what? She's gonna, he's going to start mourning with me. But instead, she says, no, everything is fine. Until she got to the person she knew, this person is a man of faith. This man, when he says something, he means it. And it's a command to the spiritual realm. So when she got to him, she told him the problem. Now, the other thing you see here in this verse, notice that Gezai began to push her away when she came to the man of God. Go away. You know, that's similar to, remember, the children when they came near Jesus or the woman um, with the issue of blood or all those people who came to Jesus, the disciples would say, oh, leave him alone. Leave him alone. And Jesus would say, suffer ye the little children. He would say, let her alone. She has an issue. She knows where to go. You see, somehow people know who to go to to pray with. Somehow they do know. If you're one of those people with a spirit that kind of repels, guess what? The, the spirit of the other person would know. And you pray your head off, but when they know deep inside that your spirit is not in, in, in concurrence with theirs, guess what? They will not believe what you prayed. So, we have to be careful not to be naysayers because we shall be, you know, we shall be marked in the spiritual realm that those are not naysayers and people will not come to you for, it doesn't matter what position you have, people will not come to you for prayer. So now, in this situation, we see the naysayer was the person who was working with the man of God. And you, in your situation, the naysayers are going to be people around you, people close to you. I remember when we had a situation of a, a so-called terminal illness about six years ago in our family. One of the friends came in and said, oh, a friend of mine had this situation and they died. Immediately, I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We are not going to have this. And please move over. But this person is a good person, a believer, and a very, very close friend. But because they, for some reason, they still have that doubting thing in them, and they need to be discipled out of it, they say that. So then you teach them, no, that is not so. It's not going to happen. Those are the naysayers that you're going to find in your situation and in every situation, especially when God speaks to you because they've never heard or don't know how to tune in the voice of God. So they will tell you that, hey, you know, that ain't so. I'll give you an example. When you go to the airport, you have something metallic. Oh, it doesn't have to be at the airport. You know, you go through doors where they have those metal detectors. The person who is standing behind there seeing the screen can see through. But for you, you're on this side. Let's say you, do, you don't know what they're testing for. Oh, you, you're not aware you have your keys in your pockets. And as soon as you go through that little thing, it goes beep. But that person has already seen it even before the beep. Now, what am I saying? It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. You have to have those sensors in your spirit that will sense 
issues that will sense the Spirit of God and listen to the Spirit of God. You know, when you have a radio, you go 950 WW whatever, you go to this one, you go to the other, and different stations will be tuned on different wavelengths. And so as soon as you turn the knob, uh, the knob it becomes a different station. That's how God is. There's so The Bible says there are many voices out there and none of them without significance. In other words, they can all attract you. They can attract your spirit. But there's a voice of God that only tunes in at a certain wavelength. And that wavelength is this wavelength of the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, who knows the heart of God and knows ours. See, you have to have the Spirit of God to interpret between you, uh, your spirit and his spirit that God is now speaking. And once you're tuned in, you will know it's him. Okay. So, certain situations require you to go toe-to-toe with them. And I'll give you again the situation of Elisha when he went to uh, this woman's house, uh, you know, to go after uh, the sick boy. You know, some, some situations require us to be really weird in a way, weird to the world, because you're going to do things that God tells you to do that are out of the way. Okay, you know, it's for example when Elisha told Naaman, "Go dip seven times in the Jordan." Now the Jordan was a dirty river, and this man was used to the pristine rivers of Syria, and he was upset. He said, "What do you mean dip in Jordan seven times?" Well, if he wanted to be healed of um, leprosy, he had to do that. And when he finally, when his pride came down, and he went and did as the man of God told him. He got cleansed of the leprosy. Now, in this situation of the uh, dead child, the Bible says in uh, 2 Kings uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 32 through 37, When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes and his hands on the child's hands. As he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm. Again, Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Call the child's mother. He said, and when she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. I want you to notice a few things here. The Bible says that here that Elisha prayed to the Lord. Elisha prayed to the Lord. It does not tell us what he prayed. In other words, he left it open for us. The situation will be different for you. The dead situation will be different for everyone. So God basically is giving us the option to choose our prayers based on what the Holy Spirit gives us for the time. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. In other words, some things you go toe-to-toe with the enemy. You have to go. He brings this, you bring that. He brings a blow, you you produce one too. He gives you a, a word, 
that may be actually the word, but not a rhema word because it would be logos. He can never have the rhema word of God. The rhema meaning the spoken word of God. He will have the written word because a lot of people can read the Bible, but it never transformed into the spoken word of God in their mouths because they are not of the Spirit of God. And that, uh, the best example is when Jesus was being tempted uh, after his uh, fasting. The devil was speaking the word, but that was not rhema. It was not the word, a uh, uh, spoken word of God for the moment. He was reading it from the past, but it was not the living word. He forgot he is speaking to the living word himself. So when Jesus spoke, he spoke the living word because he is the word of God. And so what happens is when we pray based on the Holy Spirit, we are having the uh, the word of God in us and the word of God never comes back void. This is how Elisha was doing here. He was praying the word of God. Remember the, uh, the Bible also says that believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now he prayed. We don't know what God told him, but probably God told him, I want you to lay your body on him. Your body is anointed enough. There is life in your body. So lay hands on the boy. Lay your eyes on his eyes. Lay your mouth on his mouth. Lay this on the other. So he was actually following the word of God. One thing about Elisha, you're going to notice that many miracles that Jesus did Elisha had actually done. Like this is the miracle of raising a dead person. How much different is this than the tomb of Lazarus? Jesus made a command. You know, in this case, he prayed. Remember, Jesus also went to the tomb of Lazarus. The first thing he did, the Bible says that he prayed to God. And then he commanded Lazarus come out. Lazarus had no choice but to come out even with his grave, uh, graveyard clothes. So that Jesus had to tell the people around him, hey, uh, take off those clothes. So he must have come out jumping and skipping because, you know, he was all rounded up, you know, tied up in a knot. So as you can see here, when you listen and hear the voice of God and he tells you to do something, it actually works because the Spirit of God speaks through you or acts through you. So in this situation, that's what happened. Now, you know, after that, he says that call the, uh, uh, the child's mother. And he says, actually, one of the things I like about this, he says, Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Those naysayers who are telling you it can't be done, you didn't hear the, the voice of God, you are not of God, you are this, you are not this, or whatever, it's going to end up that you are going to summon them. Here the Bible says, Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Guess what? You will do the same. You will summon them. And um, so the next thing here I, I like to point out is that the Bible says that she was overwhelmed with gratitude. You know, gratitude, God wants us to be a people of gratitude. Be thankful. We never thank God. We Many times we ask him for stuff, but we are really, we don't show gratitude. One of the best ways of gratitude, uh, to show gratitude, you know, the Bible here says that she bowed before him, overwhelmed with Gratitude. Gratitude overwhelms you to the point that you will have to bow down to God. When you get something from the Lord and you don't find yourself bowing with gratitude, then you know you don't have gratitude. And guess what? I don't know how long you're going to keep that which you have. And it happens many times is that we are not people of gratitude. 
So now, the other thing I want to point out is that Elisha believed God's word. Remember, we said that God speaks to us in visions, in dreams, uh, spirit whispers, and in his word. And in this case, you know, when this when he arrived at this child, the Bible says that he prayed. Now, God must have whispered something to his spirit. That's when he says he went probably, probably uh, Gehazi was like, oh, no, he ain't lying on no dead body. Guess what? That's what he did because he listened to the voice of God. Now, the other way, the other time that the Bible shows us that he, this is a man who followed the word of God, as we said before, that God speaks to us in his word. And Elisha was a man who knew about the word of God. So in 2 Kings 42, in verse 42, 44, it continues. One day, uh, a man from Baal, Shalisha, brought the man of God a sack of fresh grain and 20 loaves of barley, of barley bread made from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, give it to the people so they can eat. What? His servant exclaimed, feed a hundred people with only this? But Elisha repeated, give it to the people so they can eat. For this is what the Lord says, everyone will eat and there will even be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. So as you can see here again, his associate was a doubting. He was saying, how are we going to feed all these people with just this food? Now remember, Jesus did a similar miracle and his disciples were basically just as doubtful as this uh, man was. So it's easy to get on, on Gehazi for his unbelief. But you know, the disciples of Jesus went through the same thing. And many times that's what we go through as believers is that we say things that God has told us to say and people do not believe us. And so my thing is that we have to realize that if you stand on God's word, people are going to doubt you. People are going to say it can't be done. People are going to say you won't be able to do it. But you do what God has called you to do. Now, um, another example that we can see in the Bible is um, in the New Testament. I'm going to read you a New Testament a verse or verses that show listening to God through dreams. And this was uh, Joseph, um, the husband of Mary. When Jesus was born, um, Herod was wanted to kill all the male boys because he wanted to make sure that he kills Jesus. So God spoke to uh, Joseph through a dream. And rather than just dismissing it as just a dream, Joseph actually fulfilled prophecy. And so many times we miss out on what God was prophesying or was going to do because we doubt that, oh, it's just a dream. Oh, I just had this as a dream and, you know, I ate too much pizza or whatever it is. But you know, one thing you have to realize is that God still speaks to us through dreams and it takes an amount of faith for you to realize that no, it's not the meal that you had last night that was speaking to your brain, but it was God speaking to your spirit. So in Matthew 2 verse 13, it says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for this child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled 
what the Lord has spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. So you see here, by obeying um, a dream or the message of the Lord through a dream, Joseph was actually fulfilling a prophecy about Jesus. So many times what God tells us to do, if we listen to his voice when he speaks to us in whichever way he chooses, we may even be fulfilling prophecies, not just in our lives, but for nations, for children, for uh, for cities or whatever it is that we are doing, for your church, for your congregation. Listen to God and learn to learn to hear his voice wherever and whenever he speaks. Now, another one that we can see that's in the New Testament again is when Paul was... Uh, uh, debating on whether to go to Macedonia. Uh, you know, when God gives you a vision, regular plans have to be altered and immediately do what God says. That's uh, my ad- admonition to anyone. Because in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 16, verse 9 through 10, we see the same thing happening to Paul. He had other plans to go somewhere else, but God was speaking to him. So he spoke to him through the vision, uh, as seen in Acts uh, chapter 16, verse 9 through 10. That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there, pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So here we see that Paul, instead of sitting there and debating, was this God, was this um, just a dream, um, he decided to go. They'd say it immediately, they left. So he knows that when God speaks to you, you do what he asks you to do immediately, especially this was an appeal from someone down there. Spiritually, those people knew what they were going through. And uh, maybe through prayer or whichever way, they spoke to God and um, God spoke to the man who was assigned to talk to the uh, Gentiles, you know, the Greeks were Gentiles. And so Paul immediately got on his feet, told his buddies, hey, it's time to go. The Lord spoke to me in a dream. There was no doubting about those things because he knew when God speaks in a dream. Now, don't forget that Paul was human and so he had other dreams, but these are dreams he knows it's, the God, it's God speaking to him. Now, finally, in the New Testament, we see another aspect of God speaking. And when he speaks, you know by faith that uh, he's speaking to you. It's nothing to do with common sense because by common sense, it may not make sense at all. And you may kind of, if within yourself, you know, you know it's God who is speaking to you. You know he said it and you know what he said, but you really can't put a finger to it that, yeah, it was a dream, it was a vision, it was this, but you know it was God. And such an example comes to us in Second Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 6. Paul was going through the same thing, but it teaches us one thing, that when God speaks to you, do not wait or listen to other people when you know deep inside of your spirit that it was God speaking to you. And this is the case that Paul had. The Bible says, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about the visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside of my body. 
But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell, that that experience is worth boasting about. But I am not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so, because I'll be, I'll be telling the truth. But I won't do it, because I do not want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Finally, today's testimony for me is going to be based on that too. Because sometimes when God speaks to you, you may not have, just like Paul in this scripture, you may not really put a finger to it, but you know it. So let me give you this powerful testimony that happened to me. Today was Sunday, and I was supposed to be at church, right? Well, yesterday, Saturday, as we prepare for church, usually on Saturday, you know, how, what time are we going to leave and all that stuff. We talk about it with my wife. And she was talking to me, and basically I was inconclusive. And she was like, well, we got to know what to do, blah, 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 blah. So I told her that, you know what, I don't know. And the reason I said I don't know about going to church, I was disturbed. I, in my spirit, I was having this disturbance, like someone is out there suffering. And there's something I could do, but didn't know what, didn't know who. And I knew it wasn't one of my kids, because, you know, now we are empty nesters. uh, So all our kids are out of the house. It wasn't none of that, but I just felt this in my spirit that there's someone out there suffering and I was to, supposed to be instrumental in helping them. I had no idea what it was about. So I couldn't tell you, start to tell you that, oh, it was because of this or I thought it this and the other. So we went to sleep, you know, and in the morning I woke up real early. I usually do wake up very early. So I was up by about 4.35 in the morning. And I was still disturbed, didn't know what it was. And I sat down in my usual morning chair with my Bible, and I just started speaking to God. Now, inside, I was thinking, man, what is this? Then the Holy Spirit told me, read the book of Revelation. And I started to read the book of Revelation. And so I pulled out my phone. I was reading it on my phone. And I decided, well, the fastest way to read the book of Revelation, because I didn't know, God didn't tell me, uh, read chapter 1, verse 2, and then get done. No, he just said, read the book of Revelation. And I started uh, from chapter 1, verse 1. But what I did to make it go a little faster, like I usually do, I, um, I put on the audio Bible. And so as the guy who was reading was going down the line, the Bible was flipping itself. So I didn't have to worry about flipping pages. So I listened to the Bible, looking at it, meditating where, stopping where I could. And then I got to the chapters, I think it was around chapter 15 or something like that. And there was all this suffering taking place. And I said, Lord, when is this going to happen? Because I'm I, I know the book of Revelation is prophecy mostly. And I said, when is this going to happen? And I just sat there thinking about all that suffering. And then the Holy Spirit told me, and I know it was, so I'm being like Paul now. I couldn't tell you this way or the other, but I knew in my spirit. He's, he said, someone is suffering right now. 
but I continued to read the book. So I continued to chapter 16 or whatever the chapter was. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit again told me to switch. Now this time he told me to read about Elisha. So I went to the Second Kings, um, book of Second Kings and started to read about Elisha. And I was reading about the Shunammite woman and I was seeing how that woman was suffering. You know, the stories that we just read about the death of her child and how then the Lord was teaching me basically about listening to his voice. I knew now in my message, in my mind, that God wanted me to read about um, understanding or hearing his voice. Uh, then my wife came and asked me if we we're going to church or, you know, what time we're we going to church and all that stuff. When, are, when am I going to get ready? And she said, aren't you going to church? I said, no. And you know what? She did not argue. She didn't say anything. She just turned around and went to prepare to go to church herself. Somehow she knew that I must be listening to God for something. I did not tell her a reason why. I just said no. And inside of me, I was saying, God, I don't feel like explaining because I don't know what to explain. But uh, she turned around and went. And so she got herself ready and went to church. Now, when she went to church, I started to stand up and start to pray, walking around the house praying. And then suddenly the Lord said, go to the supermarket. I'll speak to you. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Now, this can't be God. What do you mean go to the supermarket? So I go to the supermarket anyways. And I'm thinking, well, I just go get some a can of coffee because I wanted to make some coffee anyway and we were out. And so suddenly... I started to think, oh, yeah, maybe God is sending me out there. There's somebody out there that he needs to be witnessed to and all that stuff. So I go to the supermarket, pick up a couple of things, and there was no one to witness to. No one came near me. The thing was almost empty. So I went back to my car and drove, drove on back home thinking, now, why did God tell me to go to the supermarket? So I get back home, and then the Lord tells me, make some coffee and go downstairs to the studio. And I'm thinking, hmm. Okay, so maybe he's going to give me a message for the studio. And I make some coffee and, you know, and as soon as I finished making some coffee, I sat down a little bit to drink it. And then he tells me, now, send some money to Pastor So-and-so in Uganda. Using this little nice cute program called Wave, you know, it's a, it's, it's a mobile way of sending money and it's immediately into their mobile phone and they can, because in Uganda they use um, mobile money quite a lot, actually quite a lot more than um, in the U.S. here. And so and when you send it to them, they can immediately put it to use. It doesn't even have to go to the bank. It bypasses the bank. And so I sent this money. Now, usually when I make a donation to ministries overseas, I do it during our church service because in our church service when you're giving your your offering they give you the option to send money by uh, texting but so what I do the Lord spoke to me many years ago about the scripture of giving that if you give with your left do not let your right hand know and so I do not claim my money on taxes that I give no one knows how much I give because I just put cash in the envelope I don't want to be found out I don't feel no envelopes. 
I just put it in there. And the Lord has blessed me in the sense that I have been giving more and more. My family gives more than the 10% because I don't count that stuff, but I know it's more. Okay. So, but usually what I do is I start texting money by mobile money to ministries that I give for missions. And so I usually do it at the same time when they're offering to the church. So I do it to the church and then to the mobile money thing. So it wasn't time for offering. And I knew that because I'm at home and I wanted to sync it. When I don't go to church, I sync it with my church giving. I think I know when the church is giving. So the Lord said, send money to Pastor so-and-so in Uganda. And I put in some money and it went. Then immediately I get a message back from that pastor. And he tells me, brother, you don't know what you just did. There is a lady in my office right now. This lady has been abused by her husband. She has a baby and a two-year-old baby. This man was so mean and cruel to her. She decided she's going to go and rent somewhere else. All she was asking is the church to help her pay three months worth of rent while she gets herself together. This man is on the run now. So she wanted to leave. She said, I don't want to stay in this place. And so I said, and the pastor goes on, and I was here praying. I said, when, if the Lord would give me some kind of funds right now, I'll give it all to you so that you can go do that which you say you want to do. The woman was in the office crying. She was bruised. The baby was bruised. And he said, I really didn't have the funds to do it. So when I sent this offering to the church, not to the lady, he said his phone blinked as he was starting to lay hands on her to pray for her. And he had just told her that our God is able. Then when this offering came in, he looked at it and he told me, this is, these are his words, I could not back out. I had to give up what you had sent, but it was still not enough. So he said, because we need, now he's texting this back to me. It's about a paragraph of it. It wasn't enough because she needed such and such amount of money. So you know what? I got back on my phone and mobile moneyed her funds from our ministry to cover three months worth of her rent. Three months worth of her rent so she can get out of an abusive situation. And I told him to tell her, I texted him after I saw the money says delivered, I texted him and I said, brother, tell her God has seen her tears. God has seen her tears. Immediately I had peace on me. I knew now that it was God who was speaking to me when he told me, stay home, don't go to church. So you see, you have to change your plans immediately. You may be going to minister the wrong place. Paul was going to minister somewhere else. He had intentions to go somewhere else. But the Lord spoke to him through a dream. And the man from Macedonia said, come help us. To me, this was my Shunammite woman. To me, this was my Macedonian man calling, help me. And 
I am happy that AfriChrist Prayer Ministries was able to pay three months plus for this lady's rent so that she can get out of a bad situation. That is what I mean by hearing the voice of God. And when you do, your plans may have to change. Your so-called temple plans may change. But guess what? If it's God, it's all His. And obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? So we're going to pray with impact that you learn to hear God's voice. Father, in the name of Jesus, the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, I thank you that you still speak to us. The same way you spoke to Samuel as a boy, the same way you spoke to Elisha, the same way you spoke to Jesus, your son, the same way you spoke to Paul, you still speak to us because you are no respecter of persons. And you promised us when Jesus was leaving us, he said that greater works than these you will do. Jesus was in one specific place when he made that statement. We can be in one specific place and reach thousands of miles away instantly by mobile phone. Father, we thank you that this ministry is using uh, the technology that we have today to serve you, to teach people how to serve you, to listen and understand and hear your voice, to know that when we speak your word, it is powerful, never coming back void to you. Father, we thank you that you've given us that opportunity, especially to teach the young people, those unchurched, those professionals on the run, on the move all the time, that they can turn on these podcasts, Lord, and they can listen and be uh, and be helped and be used. Father, we thank you even for those people who are helping us to meet this need. And we know some of them are the professionals, those people out there running back and forth. They love you. They care for your people, but usually they don't have the traditional way of helping out. And we thank you, Lord, that you are using us. You've seen it, that we who are almost nothing to so many have become something to a woman who is suffering out there, abused by a man who is ungodly. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love, and for your empowerment of your people through this new media whether it be the internet, whether it be a podcast, whatever it may be. Father, this is a new day, a dawning of a new day where people who who can be reached can be reached through this kind of media. I thank you, Father, for the churches that are out there teaching the true and powerful word of God, that they're teaching people how to listen and hear your voice, that it's not just a church meeting, it's not not just a, a meeting, a club meeting, but instead, Father, it's a meeting with your spirit and understanding of your ways and your words and understanding how to reach your people today. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you and we praise you. Amen and amen. So now I thank God for your listening and I'm going to say goodbye until next time. And please look at these scriptures. Let them speak to you and do as God tells you to do. Now and always, God be blessed. Amen.